0: Alright, it's that time. It's time for Beyond Sight and Sound. Let's do this. Ah! Are you looking for a high quality beach and sand scoop? Are you trying to take your hunting to the extreme? How about an American based company that stands behind their product and everything they sell? Then check out our friends over at Extreme Scoops. John has been making scoops for some time now and makes a quality beach and sand scoop to take your hunting to the next level. Extreme Scoops recently released their new sand shredder that works great in the water and on the beach. And if you're a new Equinox user, you may want to check out his Surfmaster X3 that can trap the small targets you new Equinox users are finding out there. Extreme Scoops company approach is let's do it right. So do it right, buy it once, and go to the extreme. Extremescoops.com That's X-T-R-E-M-E scoops.com
1: Hey boys and girls, we are going to talk about S&W Shooters and Prospectors. What is S&W Shooters and Prospectors? We at s w Shooters and Prospectors help people find treasure, did you say treasure? Yes, treasure. Just listen to this amazing review from our happy
0: customer Jackie Sparrow. Errr, chocolate ship shape
2: and a pleasure to deal with. I was able to buy
0: everything that I needed at prices that were shillings less than others. I found my nine pieces of eight in no time. Sammy.
1: I know you're asking yourself, why should I shop at S N W Shooter and Prospectors? Chuck
0: Smalley has over 45 years of metal detecting experience. He works with each customer one on one to customize their setup to match their skill level. So if you have always dreamt of being a pirate, Arr. contact
1: Chuck at S N W Shooter and Prospectors and he'll take a great deal for you.
3: I pass and rum, not included.
0: CAUTION, PLEASE DO NOT OPERATE MOTOR VEHICLES OR POWER EQUIPMENT WHILE UNDER THE INFLUENCE OF THIS SHOW. LISTENING TO THIS SHOW COULD CAUSE SIDE EFFECTS SUCH AS BOUTS OF LAUGHTER, VIOLENT BINGES OF CABIN FEVER, AND EVEN DREAMS OF SILVER AND GOLD. PLEASE BE ADVISED. NOW THAT THE FINE PRINT IS OUT OF THE WAY, ON WITH THE SHOW. Alright, the fine print's out of the way, it's time to roll with the show. We're back, we're live once again, you are listening to Beyond Sight and Sound, Metal Detecting and Treasure Hunting Radio, for all the really cool digging people out there. And as I look into the chat, good grief, you folks are already all wired up. Welcome to get that treasure. That's, I'm not sure, that's a new name to me, I do believe. The bills are in, the boarders are in, Mike Lockhamett, Scott, uh, Chuck... Uh, Celeste, Dennis, uh, good grief, I can't, I'm not even gonna try, I can't keep track, Tim's in there too, I seen he was in there. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we've got in the chat and the description, our friends over at Shooters and Prospectors AIP Extreme Scoops, Detectees, The Ring Finder, the Website, Mind Lab, Manicore Update Link, Terry Shannon's Website, Midwest Refinery's Website. We've got Crazy Spider Adventures. Detect that outdoors. All metal militia. Hopper Hoodlum Quarter Hoarder Ohio Metal Detecting. And Ill Digger. We've got, we've got that YouTube link in there. That's probably the main one you're going to want to check out tonight if you haven't already checked out the channel. So we've got that one. And if you're on that's if you're on the YouTube side of things, if you're on the Facebook side of things, we've got. Metal detecting beyond sight and sound. Um. Metal detecting Central Illinois, Illinois, Iowa, Treasure Hunters, the Relic Hunters. Detect that outdoors all metal militia and detect America. You can catch Frank Steve Ronnie Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Multicasting Facebook, YouTube, Shelly and Dawn with Can You Dig It Thursdays, 8 uh, 70 p.m. Eastern. Multicasting Facebook YouTube we're here Sundays Wednesdays 8 p.m. Eastern as time and availability allow and Wednesday was in fact an archive because I had a project fall into my lap at the last minute Wednesday afternoon and that's where I have been so I have been out of communication for the past few days because I had a uh Probably a 25-foot mulberry to take care of. And that's that's definitely kept me busy, especially when the weather was in triple-digit heat index. Not the best place for me to be. <laughs> but, hey, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Uh, but, hey, that's the way it goes. So, it was an archive, and I'm very glad that I scheduled tonight's guest for tonight and not Wednesday because Chuck was also tied up Wednesday. So it worked out well for for me. It worked out well for Chuck. Maybe not so much for the listeners because you guys got the reheats. But tonight we are back. We are live and we are live with Ill Digger. How's it going, Tim?
2: Going good. How is everybody out there?
0: all right i think how is the weather for you
2: actually it has been beautiful today finally got a break it was a nasty thursday and friday and yesterday was a little warm still but today was actually rather nice
0: it was still a little warm here today but it it did uh i don't know murphy's law or something i'd go outside and start to work on that tree I'd be baking to death in the sun, so I'd come in to cool off, get something cold to drink, and finally i'd I'd look and I'm going, oh look it it looks like it's overcast. The clouds are covering up the big fireball in the sky, so I can go back out and get back on it, and I'd well, go right back out and get right back on it, and wouldn't you know it that big fireball in the sky'd come back out and try to kill
2: me." Well, well. Uh, to be honest, I didn't go out in the sun. I just kind of kicked back in the house and messed around in the garage. and So I didn't really mess around in the sun too much. So in the shade and the breeze, I had the fan going. It was really nice. So, yeah, I didn't, ah. I didn't do no physical labor for me today.
0: Right. Roughing it. Roughing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Aiming myself for tonight's big interview.
0: <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> there you go. Definitely it uh i had to do some looking around to try to find an image of the logo and got that done tonight right before the show and oh. and got that worked yeah. into the thumbnail uh okay
2: you saw, let me let me know
0: had had some uh good comments too i know i know scott had said something about hey i've hunted with tim he's a heck of a guy uh, yeah yeah,
3: yeah. He, he is. stood there
2: and talked for like he stood there and talked for twenty minutes before we actually put two and two together. He, I think he knew, but I didn't put two and two together right away. I go, oh yeah, from behind Titan Sound, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: You <laughs> <laughs> just said his name was Scott or Scott or Scotty or whatever, and I, so I just I didn't put two and two together. So, yeah, right? Yeah, and we did. Sometimes... I had a
0: good time that day. You know, going to these different events and everything, we meet so many people that when they just come up and give their first name, we're like, oh, yeah, okay. And and then maybe a few minutes later, it kind of clicks on where we've interacted with that person previously. And it's, oh, yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, digging the heartland was huge for me. I walked in there I'm like, okay. I seen Phil Bortner, and he goes, Tim, Bill Digger, right? I'm like, yeah. I go, hey, I gotta go. All right, so point out some people from the chat. He's like, Where's your wife at?
3: <laughs> ah!
2: Where's, you know, I said, I know Josh. I know Chuck. I said, you know, think, I was like, yeah, I got I to put a face all these names, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, you can't miss Josh at those events.
2: Heck no. Oh.
0: That, that was, was a good
2: time, man. <laughs> That was that a good was
0: time. Quite the setup. And the way it sounds, now they're trying to talk me into showing up with Mine Lab Red the next time.
2: I, I heard that. That's cool. I like red.
0: It it messes with people though. The uh when I have to run out and pick up prescriptions, the lady working <laughs> the counter at the pharmacy, because now I'm I don't have green hair. You know, She's like, you keep throwing me off because y- y- your hair's not colored. I'm going to dye your hair.
2: So you must have changed my medication on me or something.
0: Right? <laughs> I was just glad I had told Chuck that, you know, I thought that was all well and good. Everybody was wanting to know, hey, what's what sort of a hairdo are you bringing to DTH? And so we come up with this, and after we get to Illinois... It hits me. I'm like, uh, I'm supposed to renew my ID next month. Yeah. So how'd that turn out, by the way? Oh, boy. Well, (laughs) thankfully, because I'm like, maybe I should have put some more thought into this first. But, uh, you know, cause cause and consequence, basically. And fortunately most of it was already out of my hair by that point and okay. they just kind of looked at me and they're like what should we put down for your hair color <laughs> <laughs> i'm going i don't i don't care is it really that important how about gray how about unknown you know
3: yeah
2: luckily this time i got to. The... Uh, renew electronically so I just they re, they reused my old photo so I didn't even have to do a new photo or nothing.
0: Oh wow that's what I should have done then I could have had a younger version of me.
2: Yeah a couple of years anyways yep
0: <laughs> Yeah I mean I, I did though I thought about telling them you know what just put whatever you want down I'll make it work you know I mean right. They always have issues anyway when they ask me what color my eyes are because I'm always wearing sunglasses and it's like I can't tell you they change color. No, they do. yes they do and they do it independently of one another too.
1: Really?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, wow. uh, it's a it's a um an odd side effect from my vision injuries that I had had years ago. Wow,
3: it's, never heard of anything like it's that. It's
0: kind of strange. Yeah, I mean traditionally prior to that my eyes were green but people have seen them green they've seen them speckled they've seen them brown they've seen them stone gray <laughs> and it's it's not colored contacts they just they do it on their own it doesn't make any sense to me and i i had known that they had done it on their own for a while after the injuries and then my wife happened to point out to me uh, shortly before we got married that not only do they change color, th- there could be times where the left eye is one color and the right eye is another color.
2: Yeah, when I was younger, I had brown eyes, and I I have hazel eyes now. So I know that uh, people's eyes change, you know, throughout their life, or possibly could change.
0: Oh yeah, I'm with like, age, yeah. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, but I never realized it. That- have them so abruptly and all the different combinations that's it's all new to me
0: yeah it, it doesn't make any sense to me and, and my wife has kind of tied it down to uh, apparently uh, with mine they'll even change color depending on my mood
2: <laughs> like the Hulk I,
0: I don't get it it's a mystery <clears throat> it doesn't make any sense to me at all I don't know. If they but, turn
2: green, you're not going to like what happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. And we see... Uh... <laughs> oh, I really kind of say they, they turn a wild shade of red, too. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've not heard of that happening. I've I've heard of the slate gray and all of that, but not... I've not had anybody tell me red, but then again, the majority of the time, I am wearing my sunglasses, so I don't have to worry about it. People don't, they don't point it out to me, they don't notice then, because some people get a little bit confused when it happens.
2: I've been told on a Saturday or Sunday morning that my eyes are red, but I don't think that's the same thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, it depends on how many cups of coffee you get. Exactly, yeah. And I don't drink coffee, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, see, there you go. There you go. So, obviously, uh, you know, we had been talking for a while. We needed to get you on the show because you've got all sorts of stories to share, I'm sure. And I thought it was rather interesting myself today. I I had just been through reading some of the description on your YouTube channel and didn't realize you started with a Prism Four, huh?
2: Sure did. That was the that was the one that started it all for me.
0: And what prompted you to even get that Prism Four?
2: Well, I, I, you know, and you've heard this, you've heard Chuck uh, mention these names before. Uh, I used to watch the Gold Fever show on the Outdoor Channel and Dish Network for years and years and years, and I saw actually joined the GPAA and found out that there really isn't that much gold in Illinois to be found with a metal detector. So no, it's
0: already got most of it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, it kind of let the air out of my sail. So I, uh, forgot about it for a couple of years. And then for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I still think I want to get one of those metal detectors and just do that coin shooting type thing, you know? And, uh, maybe hit some beaches or whatever. And then a couple of friends of mine, like, at the same time, each, they don't know each other, but this, I just happened to have two friends that each bought a detector about the same time, and they're out finding stuff, and I was like, okay, that yeah, that's it.
0: Right, I so, so it. they each independently, unaware of each other, or even your thoughts got in.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So I was like, you wow. guys are, what, what? Come on. So, uh, the one of the guys I went out with, he goes, This guy at this park, man, he uses this White's Prism 4, and dude, he just mops it up. He just cleans the house. He's found jewelry and all kinds of coins and rings, and he's, Man, you need to get him a Prism 4. I was like, well, Let's go over to K- J. Kamen Jewelers. He's a white dealer up in Rockford. Let's see if he's got one. So we jumped in the car, ran over there, and sure enough, he had a White's Prism 4 hanging on the wall. And I wrote the check, realized when I got home that I had like eleven dollars left in my name. I was like, Wow. I didn't realize that,
3: that thing was gonna be
2: quite that much, but we still made the mortgage that month somehow. <laughs> but uh, going, yeah, I better
0: 100. make this thing pay for itself fast.
2: <laughs> gotta get to work. Um but no, it was man, you know, they they'd pay for themselves. Uh yeah, it's been it's it's been a life changing hobby for me. It's uh it's taken me places I never thought I'd ever go, places that I've only dreamed about going. Uh, yeah, I love it, love it.
0: So, how how long did you use the Prism Four before you upgraded? Because you've used a few machines.
2: Yes, yeah, it was in the early days. It was pretty uh. You know, the thing was, is when I wanted to get into it, uh, watching the GPAA shows, the Massey boys used a lot of mind lab equipment. And, you know, of course, they're using pulse induction. At the time, I didn't know there was a difference between a VLF and a pulse induction. That was all. Agreed. I had no idea.
3: Right. Yeah, you know,
2: I had absolutely zero idea that there was a different type. So, um, but in the back of my mind, I knew wow, these mind lab machines really work good on the gold so i want to get a my lab
0: machine yes they do so i
2: started watching some youtube and these are early, now this is the early days of youtube and detecting video there wasn't a whole lot of them out there um but there was enough of them on, on there about the e track and i was also very avid uh forum user a uh, friendly forum and american detectors forum um <laughs> excuse me um in a lot of a lot of videos and a lot of posts were from people uh, using Whites and Mindlab or jumping ship from Whites to Mindlab for whatever reason. And yeah, I, I just seen a lot of people jumping out into that e-track mm-hmm. and uh, just killing it. But prior to that, I bought a DFX and I used that Good for about machine. a year and a half. I had the yeah, so I had the Whites Prism for about. Six or eight months, then upgrade to, I upgraded to, about bought a used EFX, had that for about a year and a half. And I did the whole time I wanted an E track. And then finally I, I bumped into a pretty good deal on a used E track and I grabbed it. And I ran that thing for about three or four years until it kept shutting off. I said, man, I need a new one. I can't mm-hmm. get it repaired before I can, it, it, I can't go without. So I right. ordered a brand new, I ordered a brand new E track. And the day that the new one showed up, the old one wouldn't even turn on. I was like,
1: wow. yeah,
2: perfect, perfect timing. But I'm going you, you to lucked and I just got a new permission. It's one of the oldest houses in the county. And I did it really give it a brand new machine right out of the box? Um, but yeah, and then I ended up using that one for like another four or five years until twenty eighteen and when the um you know, I also bought an Excalibur, but I didn't use it too too much. Um but then, in twenty eighteen when the equinox came out, I was one of the first people to get an equinox and I still have that, and I also have the mm g
0: mhm yeah the uh the e track was i mean i I had to get away from the d f x because I ran that thing so hot i couldn't get within thirty yards of a mine lab. Every every time, I mean, I automatically knew it when it would start going fritzy and sounding like an Atari on PCP or something. I knew there was a mind lab somewhere, yeah, and someone behind. <laughs> yeah, so finally, it's like you know what—you can't beat them. You might as well join them. So I came to the dark side.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, and I've been a pretty avid uh, mind lab user ever since.
0: Um. well I definitely yeah, have as I'll,
2: well I'll just leave it at that um, <laughs>
0: yeah oh and we've see let's see here I see here Jason's wanting to know if the Deus 2 is your go-to machine now
2: no not exactly not exactly uh, like I've gone to this park here recently just because it's close to work um, about 15 years ago we had a company Technic there, I was working for a different company and uh, one of my co-workers wife, I remember seeing it earlier in the day, she had a gold necklace on with this really beautiful pendant and about three hours into the party, they come up to me and Matt asked me, he goes, Tim, you got your metal detector with you? And I just got into metal detecting and I said um yeah, actually I do, why? He goes and he pointed to his wife and there she's standing there at the necklace with no pendant she go oh. he goes, she, she lost her pendant. Can you come find it for us? And I'm like, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find that thing in this park. I mean, dude, if you, if you lost it, should, it should be right on top. You should be able to see it. Where were you at? And he kinda of pointed to the area where he was at and mm-hmm. we went over as a group, I didn't know it is never to take the metal detector over there. We all kinda of went walked around and never did find it. And um but now I'm, I'm working back in that same area, so it's really close to work. So I've been trying to find it for the guy. If I ever, I, I would love to contact the guy and say, you ain't going to believe what I found. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so this little park, I, I hate it because it, it is, there is so much clad and so hmm. much uh, so many pull tabs. I mean, there's a proof of a ton and ton and ton of activity, but there is virtually zero, like of those cool oddity finds. Uh, zero jewelry. I found. I, I did just the other day find a little nine two five Aztec pendant, little tiny sterling silver pendant. That oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, believe me, I was tickled when I found that. I was like, "Holy cow!" I actually found something decent.
0: Right, but and. And just to sidetrack and jump rails real quick, uh, you know, I uh, I hear you're pretty fast with a gold pan too, isn't he, Chuck? (laughs) No, he's learning.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was was really my first time doing it. Well, other than other than Nome.
1: No, you did good. You did good. You, You kept them all. That's the that's the secret.
2: Yeah, that helped. It helps keep you in, it anyways.
0: Right? Yeah. Yes, maybe. Does. Maybe you should have offered to give Ron lessons.
1: <laughs> we did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can Trusty, just there imagine. Was a whole
1: group of us would beat him, and we did. I can and,
0: just imagine what, what the answer is, was. Hey Willis,
1: what do you tell him?
2: He, he kind of did disappear there for a minute, didn't he? Yep. He caused some grief. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'll probably go on. Hey, I got I to gotta pack up and everything.
2: Yeah, I, I got to get everything packed up here. And, and uh, what
1: was really, really nice about that, Tim rushing beat him. And Tim says, I'm going to rub that in for a year.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all, in good, all in good fun,
1: though. Yeah. That's good. That was fun. No, that is, yeah, that's now, good. You were talking about your first mine lab was the E-track, right, Tim?
2: Correct. Yep.
1: Yeah, and that still is a heck of a silver finding machine.
2: Yeah, I actually sold both of them, and I thought I was eager to sell them just because they been sitting around. I'm like, I was worried that they were becoming old technology, and I'd, I'd have a hard time selling them in the future. I said, I picked. I better unload them. Why there's still some interest in them? Um, and I met within two months. I was like, man, I should I kept at least one? <laughs> well, even today they seem to somebody will post one and it goes. Well, uh uh-huh. I have a friend right now. He told me he goes. The only way you anybody wants to buy my e is I'll let you give, set, set the price and blah blah blah. And he's it. He takes he took really good care of it. It's got the sun sunray line probe and. I've often thought about like, just taking it off of his hands, and he really doesn't want to rid of it a bit,
1: just to have it. Did you ever get the probe, the Sunray probe?
2: Yeah, I had it on one of my machines. That was
1: that was quite the add-on.
0: Yeah, I I ran Sunray on the uh, DFX and the Track.
2: They were good.
0: Yes, they yeah,
2: were. Yeah, now I see that they have it for is it the Equinox? Or is it for, they haven't, they, they they have, uh, they haven't, they brought it back from one of the newer machines.
1: Yeah, they, they were to come out heavily with them for the Equinox. I have not seen anybody with them.
2: Me neither. I haven't seen anybody on YouTube or Instagram or none of that stuff. Uh, but somewhere, I don't even remember where I've seen that, but. Uh, supposedly it's out Fortunately,
1: there. the guy that took over somewhere and bought it out and was on the edge of getting that out there suddenly passed away. Yeah. And another person took it over, and it hasn't made its way out yet.
2: No. Okay.
0: But really, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, the sun rays were great. But then. You know, once the carrot came along, people kind of went to the standalone pinpointer because they were getting yep. tired of picking up their machine and forgetting to flip their switch to go back to the coil.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: but you know what?
2: No, no one's ever done that. <laughs> 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 Boy,
1: this machine's quiet for some reason.
2: Yeah, it hit a dead spot
1: over here. Right, yeah.
0: Somebody's cleaned this spot out. Oh, wait <laughs> yeah. a minute. But then you got to backtrack. Do
1: what that sunray would do on that E track, and I took it up. I took it to Alaska with me. And there were areas where flooding occurred and bedrock was washing out. And I took the probe and it's Pieces of gold would register on the E-Track, but the probe, when you worked cracks and crevices, was phenomenal. It was just a juggling act to make it work. (laughs) Take take the coil off, leave the switch on for the probe, and I was using the probe in cracks and crevices and getting up to pennyweight pieces.
2: Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's just a a one-inch coil. I mean, it makes perfect sense, and it has really good you know, penetration.
1: Yep. Uh, and I, I called Ralph and to told him that. We need to get a video on that. And I'm like, dude, I'm home. I can't get a video on it.
0: Right, yeah, it can't happen now. Hindsight. It's all... Hindsight. Yeah. But that that
1: same probe if you could set it up on the equinox for working cracks and crevices along streams and those type of things would be just absolutely killer up there, and other places. All right? Because yeah. one thing it would do, do would null the, if you had a lot of iron, you know, magnetite sands, it'd null that, so you'd take that out and pan it, and there'd be fine gold in it. <clears throat> and you'd find that concentration, too.
0: Right, and that was the advantage. That was the big advantage of the Sunray, was you had true... Pinpointer discrimination. Yes, you did.
2: Yep, same. He had all the same brain power as your the head unit had, basically.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. But we move
1: forward, and, and and part of the big race in all the companies has been to lighten the load, to get better ergonomics, a lighter machine. Easier to swing, lighter quality. Right.
3: Rechargeable, coils, updatable. Response,
1: stars, yep. So that yep. kind of fell by the wayside because
0: actually the E Track was a bit uncomfortable. Well, and you figure any more out in the field, it, it becomes, especially now with the advancements in technology, it comes down to a game of ounces. I I've heard people argue with themselves about the dais. You know, do I get the 9-inch coil? Do I get the 11-inch coil? I think the 11-inch coil is going to be too heavy. Really? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but, well, the, uh, yeah, but the... Yeah, but the Sunray probes, you know, yeah, those those added a little it, bit.
2: Yeah, they did.
3: Yeah,
2: they did. Mm-hmm. I say it didn't... It wasn't so bad on my DFX, is it, it was very, not, very noticeable on the E Track, though.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I would, uh, I would have to agree. I didn't really yep. notice it so much with the DFX, but with the E Track, uh, my lab still didn't really. I mean, they were trying, but they they didn't really have the ergonomic game down yet. And yeah. that's why you hear people saying, you know, the, the uh, E-Track tore up my elbow, the CTX tore up my shoulder. Stuff like that.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: But now they've uh, got it down.
3: Gonna...
1: And I've got uh, guys that call and want to know the weight difference between the Equinox 900 and the Deus and uh, Legend. And I mean, we're talking ounces and...
0: Yeah, I mean right now they're all in that same weight class basically. Yeah,
1: three pounds, so many
0: ounces. Right. You're 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 talking, you know, less than a half a gallon of milk. If Mm -hmm. if you're worried about ounces at that point, maybe you should reassess your situation. I'm sorry. Very true. But
2: I'm not getting much later than that day. with a nine-inch coil.
0: Yeah, I mean, come on. If if <laughs> I can swing it, anybody can.
2: can out with a six-inch coil is basically a stick. I mean, it's, that is right. Yep.
1: And, well, you know, swinging a pi, and you go out to div, and will attests to this. Now that's a little like,
0: different. Just, that that's a that's little a whole
1: different story. Yeah on and you got a harness and you've got wires and then they came out with a battery that was half the size and now they've come out when you move up to the six and eight thousands uh or they they've got these battery packs that snap on the back and and there's weight. You're dealing with weight and then some of the coils out there are big as small car tires.
2: Yeah. Right. Now, what's the technology on the gold monster? Is that a PI, or is that some kind of hybrid DLF? Uh, That's a VLF. It's a DLF? Okay. Yes. Well, um, I tell you what, what I've seen up in Nome um, thoroughly impressed me. I watched Tyler pick up a piece of gold that is about the third of the size of a pea. I'm trying to think of something. Oh, it, it, wow. Is
1: a There's one other effect. machine that was out there. That was an unsung hero for doing that for a long time, and it was the Xterra 705. I hunted that thing halfway up in Alaska, and Tyler got his first piece of gold with me. I was teaching him how to run that 705, and that thing was a fly speck.
3: (laughs) That's about
2: what that thing was.
1: was.
3: He
2: was in an argument with Ron about if it was even considered a nugget, if it was just a flake. (laughs) <laughs> so Brian, did, you, did you actually find out the detector and Tyler's like yeah he goes man it's a nugget and Tyler goes I disagree he threw it over his shoulder
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: he pitched it back in the bush
3: wow
1: so, yeah those tiny things but you know what you get a patch of them and if you're lucky enough to be able to see them when you get them up before you have to put them in a pan with the dirt they're in and stuff and wash it out they add up, but all of a sudden, then you catch a penny waiter. You'll catch something larger, and uh, because of that patch, will hold more. And that right. gold muster is very capable of getting all sizes. Yep. Very capable. Mm. And,
3: yeah,
2: I was shocked.
1: Yeah. Then uh, uh, the gold bug, it was kind of the leader in that particular edge of the field for a lot of years. and Yeah, they,
0: for some time.
1: They, yeah. That, that gold program, and that guy. 705, and he bought them as a dual pack, and I taught a lot of guys how to run them. In fact, uh, Mike uh, Slater, uh, and I, he hunted with me, and I handed him my old uh, 705, and he came up with some nice pieces with that. And I said just pay attention to it.
0: it. It don't lie. Right. So Absolutely. So uh I guess the the last Alaska trip was your first Alaska trip?
2: Yeah, it was my first and only so far. That i had a verified you know, like, Make sure Chuck still had me on the list for the upcoming Yeah, I got the
1: list. It's, it's grown, <laughs> and there's, you know, ones that are saying that they're probably going to go. We'll find out here when we have to send the deposits in, but I got a pretty good list built up, and um, we're working on another one. There's other companies that want to get recognized in the gold field, and you go to the West Coast, hands down, when you talk gold... You're talking mine land. Oh, yeah. I believe it. And I told this company, saying, if you want to get in that field and you want to be recognized in it, you got to get to places, number one, where your customers are at in the gold field using equipment and prove that it's a player there. And if you don't get them up there and get some videos and start talking it, you're going to sell your machines that have prospecting in them.
0: Right. you, you got, got to here. generate the buzz. So you got to send your
1: players up there and get them out there and we'll put them to work and see if they can find them.
0: And then you
2: got to get out to that customer base who's going to yep. buy them.
1: Yep. So, I mean, you just can't say, oh, it's got a gold prospecting mode. they you know, look at you and go, hmm, if I go gold prospecting, it's with the gold monster or it's with uh, an 800 or 900 or uh, moving up the line into the STC and getting to the PIs and the, six thousand and and beyond and um, those machines they have proved themselves all over the world you've got to bring and that time again expecting people to, to pick it up
0: yeah. yeah so it sounds like after after your your first trip to Alaska you're definitely going to be a uh, a return customer so to speak frequent flyer yeah
2: Well, I've told this story on a different show, but I'm going to tell everybody here. Uh, Going to Nome is what initially prompted me to want to get a metal detector. Like I said, I used to watch the Golden Fever show on the Outdoor Channel religiously every single night or every single Sunday night. And, um, man, I was like, that would be so cool. I mean, look, at he's actually, you could tell he wasn't planting this stuff. It was. He was digging in a pile of rocks, and he pulls out a chunk of gold. I'm like, this is for real, man. I was like, you could do this. Right. It's just, you know, I mean, for me at the point that point in my life, I had two very young children that my life was just starting, you know. I was like, you know, but down the road at some point, I'm like, this. I would love to go do this, you know.
0: Right, going, one, one of these I, days, but until then, I can dream.
2: Yeah, or and trade. then. What was it twenty twenty one, I think it was. One day I looked on my phone and I seen a post, I think it was from Chicago, Ron, who had he was posting all these nuggets that he had just found from them. some trip he just went on to Nome. I was like, What? That's where I really <laughs> go And I you know, I know Ron. I've been to England with him on his barn trip, you know, so and you know, he has my number, I have his number and but I never knew that this was coming up. So naturally,
0: you're going, hey, Ron, what's going on? What's this gnome trip stuff?
2: Basically, I sent him a text, yeah, and I called him, and I was like, you know, hey, can you guys cool pictures, you know, congratulations, you know, fill me in. How'd that happen? What's going on? Is it going to happen again? Can I get in? And yada, yada, yada. He goes, yeah, this guy named Chuck Small, he's kind of running the show. He's, He you knows the people up there, and he goes, actually, they they want to fill the camp up next next summer. I was like, man, I'll help you fill a spot right now. Guarantee, you Put my name on the list. So <laughs> that's how I got involved. And he got a hold of Chuck for me and got yep. me on the e- email list with Betty and everybody. And a year later, I was on a flight to, to Anchorage and I was, man, I was like a mm. kid in the can. Like Literally living
0: the it dream. And, I've, oh,
3: got, I
2: <laughs> I've got a crew coming together now, and I think.
1: Uh, uh, half of it are better as people that went before. And then I've got some that have wanted to go that are working to get to go. And, uh, the you got to start planning just about a year in advance and, and I'm getting things together. And I talked to Betty a couple of months ago. And the week that I generally pick is that almost last one or last one and into the first of August, because historically for me that's been pretty decent weather but we're going to move a week earlier this year because, uh, there were others and i i wanted a clean slate camp in other words i didn't want she's already got 10 guys booked and i'll throw a group in with them i wanted to start with it and if i fill the camp that's fine i'm shooting for 15 but right now we're at that and there are a couple more spots and right. uh and now you have been there. You the, the new ones. You may be helping them get started.
2: That's fine. I yep. Mean,
1: I it, oh, I and I tell I them, did, if I you did, got an 800, you got a gold machine.
2: I mean, oh, I didn't yeah. do
1: that one. And I've taken a 6,000 up there, but my favorite is the 2,300, and I'll take that back with me this year because there's a going to be a whole bunch of new digs if everything goes through, and new bulldozer sites. So. Uh, that's what they're working on for next year. They may even got onto it this year. They were getting everything set up with uh, Alaska Gold Corp.
2: Okay. You didn't say I had to teach them, did you? Is that what
1: you said? Yeah, you might have to take them by the <laughs> hand and put them there and say, "Now look.
2: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't
1: do that well. I don't
2: it know it what gets, I mean. It gets a little, you
1: know, <laughs> I'm running into guys with ATV problems or detector problems or this kind of stuff, and I'm working on their stuff, and then I'm kind of short on the day for myself. I'm not being stingy, but by the end of the day, I've been
2: all over that place going, oh my God. No, Chuck, if you need a hand, you you let me know why we're up there. I mean,
3: uh, yeah. it's, a, it's
2: a vacation, but at the same time, yep. it is. And then, then there's Frank. He's anywhere. supposed
1: to. He, He's there. He says, I'll hunt a couple of days after that. I'm fishing, period. He right. Fish he disappears
0: that. to go fishing.
2: Yeah. Hey, I went fishing one night with Augie and Frank. I wish I did the pike trip. That is the only, that is the one and only thing that I regret about that trip, was I did not go on that That uh, pike trip. But, I, you know, I had one of those little hunches, those little intuitions that I wanted to chase. And yeah, I just, it was an itch I had to scratch. It kind of didn't really work out the way i was hoping it was going to and i missed out on a a fishing trip of a lifetime but um no it's there and we'll get back to it
1: you know right you never know uh,
0: maybe next time
1: yeah Yeah. yep you just don't know and um i've been up there the longest stay i did i i was up there for a full three months and uh uh working in a different aspect on, on yeah. equipment and uh, things like that and running a ute and we were washing a lot of rock and uh, it paid off and it was it was good but uh i did get some fishing in there i mean you can go up there you can fish till your arms will not lift up again and yeah. it's running good literally till your arms hurt and, well, can you, uh, it's fun can you? it's something you know you come back here and you go out and catch a one-pound copy, and that's a nice fish, and this kind of stuff. But when you're out there banging 35-pound northerns, or you're over there getting hunting. cohoes and dolly varden yeah. and grayling, and, you know, people so dream about crazy. it, that is world-class fish in there.
2: Oh, no, no doubt. Yeah, and You know, I mean, KG Tours, Rotator Cuff, fighting some of them big pikes. Yep. I mean, those fish are no joke up there. Those are monster pike. I've been to Canada many, 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 many times fishing for northern, and I, each trip you might see one of, of those fish that size caught by somebody. Those guys came back with two coolers. You couldn't even close full of those fish that size. It was
0: amazing. <laughs> right.
3: Yep. And, yeah,
0: well, and I see, run, into it. It was, I see that uh, Dennis you know I mean? is looking forward to Alaska, too. He, he's going. Who's that? Dennis Grettencourt. Yep, Dennis. And uh,
1: I think one of the Squatch brothers may be tagging along. Oh, (laughs) well, we know which one that is. Yes, we do. And uh, he's working on it and uh, uh, a few others. And then there's another part of that trip that could hold a few guys. That's why I'm holding back a few slots. They want to do some uh, testing.
3: Ah, of yeah.
1: and videoing yeah. of equipment so that's nice. in the works and uh yeah I'll, I'll announce that when i know it's true and clear and everything's going to work but right now it's rolling ahead
0: right and especially yeah. with having you both on here right now and knowing that tim has been over there a few times and made some some very nice State finds let's talk about england
2: Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I like going to England, too. I've always wanted to go to Nome. I never, ever had any intentions of in going to England. A buddy talked me into it. It was his uh, retirement gift to himself. He wanted to go to England and do one of those detecting holidays. And the, So he approached me. He goes, I, I want to go. And I was like, wow, really? That's all right, well, that's cool. You know, Have fun. He's like, but I don't want to go by myself. He goes, I go, yeah, but there's other people there. He goes, yeah, but I don't want to go by Myself, that but people I don't know because I want to go with somebody I know. I go, So, what are you saying? He goes, I'm saying I want you to go with me. I go, I know. <laughs> I'm like, What? He goes, I'm not in any position, you know, to pay for you to come with me or anything. Is but I retire in five years. He goes, it gives me plenty of time to save, you will know, think about it. And He was just, I'd really like if you if you go with me. So, five years later, I, I see a post on the forum that. He retired that day, and I was like, all right. I made a comment, you know, congratulations, Jeff. Good for you, blah, blah, blah. And then it hits me. I'm going, man,
0: I hope I've he forgot go about that.
2: <laughs> i got to go to England. I hope he forgot about that England thing. And about three seconds later, I get a text message from him. He goes, I retired today. You ready to start playing that England trip? I was like, oh, no.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh. I'm like, how can I get out of this? Um, you know what? I'll say, all right, Jeff, set it up. And then he'll think I'm some kind of lazy bum. And I, he, you know, he's not going to do that for me. All uh, well, is wrong. Not only did he do it, I mean, he bought the plane tickets. I mean, he booked the plane tickets. He booked the hotel. He booked my the the barn stay. He, um, he helped me with my money uh, transacts or transfers. Um, he did everything. He sent me like an email, a big long itinerary of everything he had planned. Um,
3: You're going? Like,
0: oh my lord, he's gonna kill me.
2: No, I'm thinking, oh my lord, guess what? I'm going to England.
0: <laughs> so,
2: here we go. And then uh, I went there on a ten day trip. A first day was a first trip of the ten day in the spring. During uh, and on the fourth day. Um, we were hit with the worst spring storm to hit the U.K. in 40 years, the beast from the east, with uh, sub-zero uh, you know, temperatures, 40, 50-mile-an-hour winds, sustained 60-mile-an-hour gusts, driving snow. It was brutal, but and most people That just, sounds uh, like
0: awesome detecting weather. It
2: <laughs> sounds like growing like in Illinois, Iowa, known it. Wow. Right. Man, we, yeah, the and then
1: tomorrow afternoon would be seventy. Yeah, yeah I, I exactly. I, I,
2: said, I, I told my barn she "Says you ain't going out in this area." I said, "Because I was getting dressed." And she goes, "You ain't going out. I said, I'm not driving in this." I said, "That's fine. We got permission to go across the road, right?" She goes, "Yeah." I go, "Hey, I said listen. If I was back at home right now, my boss would be telling me what he expects me to get done before the end of the day. That means, you know." you're not going home we're staying here to go to work i'm on vacation i'm in england you think i'm gonna sit in this barn all day and stare out the window right i'm gonna go houses? hunt
3: <laughs>
2: my here i go watch out you know look out here i come about four guys said are you really gonna go and i said heck yeah and i was getting dressed i said wait for me so i had about four or five of the other guys from the group saddle up and get all their gear on and made the truck up to the field that i wanted to go to and within two hours, I was out there by myself. Everyone else peeled off. It was brutal. I mean, it was the, the dirt. You could stick your shovel in the ground because we had enough snow just to protect the frost. And you could stick your shovel in the ground. You'd flip the dirt over, and you could watch it turn from black to gray as it was freezing in the air.
3: Mm. Oh, wow. Was,
2: if you didn't get your target out of the dirt and wiped off fast enough it would just freeze around the piece of metal. So you couldn't even find out what it was. It was freezing so fast. So it got to the point where I was spending so much time trying to get these nuggets unfrozen in my hands. I said, you know what?
0: And you just I grab them and throw them, them in the pile.
2: Mud and all, dirt and everything. And that's what I did. I went home, went back to the barn at the end of the day. Turns out everyone was rather worried about me, sent me a bunch of messages trying
0: to, um, call me talk uh, some I, sense into you get out of the snow you crazy guy
2: yeah it, yeah I, you know, I left my phone back at the barn didn't even realize it so it was upstairs ringing the whole time and no one even knew it um and so we went back to the barn at night and i brought my bag in and we thought them out on a table and we thought, we had a little second treasure hunt right there in the kitchen at the barn chuck you've been there to the
3: right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, been was
2: Chuck, that? You, Chuck, you've been to the Rabnitz barn, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's where we were at, at the, on that trip, and I'm, I sat right there at the kitchen table, and we saw those little nuggets out, and I mean, I had one button and uh, like five or six pieces of canned slaw, so it was pretty. pretty oh
0: man, pretty, pretty man, pretty that lit, that was but... that was some hardcore detecting for very little reward at the end.
2: I actually have a medal from the club for Hardcore Detectorist
0: for that. I can believe
2: it. For that little stunt.
3: (laughs) I've I've done some
2: crazy stuff.
0: After that?
2: No, we had uh, three days of that, and then the last two days, the winds calmed down, the snow stopped, and the temperatures warmed up a little bit, but not enough to melt the snow completely. Um,. But it's nice for gritting. You could go out into a field and
0: man, you track yourself. Oh yeah, know oh, exactly and... where you were.
2: Yeah, um, but by that, by that point, you're... it's nice out today. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, after what you went through on you know day four or whatever, oh, yeah. everything yeah, else was just child's play after right.
2: that. Oh, well, I but almost you... forgot. And on on that uh, day four, when I re- you know, everything broke loose, and the snow started coming. I found my first uh, Celtic gold coin that day in the snowstorm
3: <laughs> in the beach. Me,
2: oh,
0: I almost yeah. forgot.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, got to I love it. About the yeah, um, what was it? A uh, fifty BC uh, Essex wheel quarter stater.
0: So. Is that what hooked you to return to England was the gold coin or just, man, I kind of feel like I was jipped out of the trip because of the way the weather was. I got to go back when the weather's better.
2: No, what, what tripped me was um, I was in a barn full of people that are rather older than me mm-hmm. um, that we had such a diverse group of people there i had a tour guide i had a college professor i had a pickle farmer i had a retired firefighter i had a uh, retired school teacher and you had a guy who moves dirt for a living he runs heavy equipment that's kind of a diverse group of people that normally would not be spending a week or 10 days together in some remote building in a foreign country
0: that's true unless they-
2: Unless they have one thing that they really all truly have in common, right? They have that a,
0: one common a, bond.
2: Yeah, and once I realized that, as long as it's, you can keep the politics and the religions out of it, man, you cannot have a better yeah, time. Everybody that's, has that's...
0: a great time then. Oh, yeah. yeah, man,
2: I, I had so much fun. I'm like day six. I told Mindy, I said, "I know you're booking the trip for next September." And you got two spots open, I want one of them. She goes, Tim, that's a fourteen day trip. I said, I know.
3: <laughs> oh, pencil
2: I, I said, Should I pencil you in? I said, No, you can use a pen. Back. <laughs>
1: there you go.
2: Now, was your first trip a fall hunt? <sighs> no, first trip was in March. The yeah, it I was will a not go hunt. on
1: spring trips because that is kind <laughs> of a funny thing, it's a norm. Uh, I've talked with, like, Tim Rushing. I don't know how many times he's been over there, and the spring hunts are generally cold and wet.
0: Yeah, I've They're heard that a from a number of people beautiful. as well. But the and fall maybe, hunts are beautiful, usually. Yeah,
2: yeah, you get a lot of rain, but the weather is way, a little more predictable. The rains are usually just kind of, uh, you know, uh, hit and, uh, not hit and miss, but they, they come and go. You know? Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, it's England. It's just, I, you're going to have rain no matter what time of the year.
2: Yeah, well, and when I went with
1: Ron in the fall, of the one year I've been tracking, they had a hurricane come out and then turn due north out in the middle of the ocean and wander its way over toward England. I landed the second day we were there. We're out in that field where they found a lot of Celtic stuff, where the the big three big oaks are. Ron's out there saying, I've got to go, we got to pick up food, we're going to cook, and it had been sprinkling. Well, that hurricane, which was now a tropical storm, hit us that day out there with 55-mile-an-hour winds and sideways rain. There was no way you were staying dry at all.
3: Yeah. So, wow. Yeah,
1: you get weather that's nasty in the uh, in the fall, too. In the fall, also.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it happens. There's pop-up storms, and some of them are nothing. Some of them, well, you better have some rain gear on and good boots.
1: Last the week was great. Right. We had beautiful weather, but that spring hunting, I don't
2: know about that.
0: So, with the trips that you've had to England, I mean, your your first trip over, you hit that gold coin. Where you kind of going, oh, that's it, you know, it, it was my bucket list item, or, or is there still something that you just have to have that you keep going back, hoping you'll find?
2: No, like I said, uh, the reason what brought me back was the camaraderie, really. Um, and, and just to realize, um, cause early, before I dug the gold coin, I dug a hammered silver that was from 1250s, uh, you know, or something like that. Which, wow! Which is which is really, I said when I come over here, I have zero expectations. I don't expect to find a gold coin or nothing. I don't mm-hmm. expect to find a, a hoard or some massive museum piece. I really would like to go home with at least one hammered silver coin. It seems like you know quite a few of them are are found. They're not uncommon. You know, it, it's doable, right? So
0: right, it's a feasible and, goal.
2: Yeah, and then I said, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I think I just like the, the name of it, is I, would, I wouldn't I would mind finding a bullhead shilling, which is kind of a cool name, kind of a cool-looking coin. Um, so those were basically my only two kind of wish list items. Other than that, I was only there to support my buddy, because he wanted me to come. Huh. But before I went, so... I, did a, I did, did a lot of research before I went, so I didn't... I knew it would drive me crazy if I was out in the field, half a mile from the nearest human being, and I found a And you found
0: out. something, and you're going, but what is it?
2: What is this? What is this? And, and then 20 minutes later, what's that thing in my pocket, in my pouch? What is that thing? And an hour later, you still haven't bumped into nobody, and now you got to stop and get your phone out, and you're trying to figure it, type it in, and you're, it's slowing you down. You're wasting time. I didn't want to do that. So I did, I watched all kinds of videos from UK. I watched every single one of, <laughs> I watched every single one of Ron's videos before I went on my trip. <laughs> and not only did I watch every single one of them, I watched every single one of them multiple times. It got to the point when the wife would come home from work. She walked to the kitchen. She could hear the TV on in the living room. She goes, Are you watching another Chicago Going Ron's them video? again? <laughs> so I was like, Yeah. She goes, hey, Haven't you seen them all already? I said, more than once. She goes, Oh, come on, just give me a break one night. And so I want to be prepared when I get over there. I want to be prepared. Right.
0: I'm trying to educate myself here.
2: Yeah. yeah. So uh so yeah, when I got out there and I found my first hammered silver coin, it was a bent up uh like farthing, I think, or a penny. And I looked in and I go, Hey, that's a long cross penny. That's probably an eddy, uh, mid-1200s. And I was able to put that in my little pouch. I said, all right, man, let's go get another one. I was able to remember nice. to. It, was, it wasn't on my mind or nothing. So I had a brief, mild education before I went over on some of the coinage, you know. And that really helped me.
0: Nice. So, Very good. So, so it, it then, does pay to prepare. It, yeah, yeah,
2: it did me. It, it did me so... I had, such, I had such a good time on the first trip. Uh, I came back home, and just like everybody else, you get back home, and you're thinking, okay, how soon can I get back? So um, I said, it's going to have to be at least a year, maybe two years out. You know, I'm going to have to do some planning, do some saving. you got to get on one of them lists. Sometimes lists are two years out. And a few months went by, and Ron made a post, um... Oh, he actually sent out an email. Actually, and it said that he had two of his hunters in the fall have to back out for medical reasons, and each one of those hunters had booked two weeks, so that opened four slots in in the fall in his fall trip. So the first first two spots filled up immediately. Uh, I had to wait till Monday to get back to work to ask my boss if I could possibly get time off. Of, to go back to England, you know, six months later. I'm thinking this is going <laughs> to
0: He's going, already? Go Weren't you just there?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is going to go over like a lead balloon. So, uh, all right. So I wait until Monday morning. I ask him first thing. He goes, go ahead. I don't give a crap. Go for it. So I called Ron. I said, you got that spot left? He goes, yeah, you want it? I said, he, goes, you, or he goes, yeah, you want it. It's all yours. I said, I'm in. I'll send you my deposit tonight. So six late six months later, I was back in the U.K. with Ron on a seven-day trip. And uh, I had a great time, uh, went to some of the cool pubs that I like to go to on the first from the first trip. Um, and I got, you know, Ron does that hammy competition every, all week long for everyone trying to find the most hands. Everyone throws in five pounds in the kitty. And at the end of the week, whoever's got the most hands gets the kitty um, it was a tie and the kitty split. Um, so me and Ron and, uh, one guy, uh, California, Mark, Cal Mark, uh, we were back and forth, neck and neck tied all week long, come down to the last half day that Friday. Um, and me and Mark are tied. She, Ron's up one, me and Mark got five for the week. Ron had six. I walk into this field, and I find a piece of a broken hammer. I'm like, all right, six. I'm tied with Ron. Now, this is a broken piece, and it looks fairly new. That means the other piece is somewhere nearby. And the rules of his little competition are, if you find the other piece, it counts as a second coin. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to find that other little piece. So I started doing corkscrews, and and I'm, I'm going Back and forth, back and forth, trying to grid this little area off. And I got close to this tractor path and I got the super overload signal on the, equi- on the equinox and it hit every single number between 20 and 30 as fast as I it could. It's just real loud and obnoxious. I go, wow, now that's a beer can or, uh, you know, like a grease tube off of it, you know, from the grease gun. I said, yeah, I ain't, I ain't digging that up. So I took about three or four steps past it, and I was like, man. What is? If? You know, what if it's an a Bronze Age axe head or something, man? Just just go dig it up, get it out of the field if it's garbage. So I went back, and I found the, old, the big signal, and stuck the shovel in the ground. I am expecting to see a beer can, right? And uh take the shovel full of du- uh, dirt, and I kind of kick it out in front of me, and I don't see a beer can. So I laid my detector over the hole again, and the signal was still under my coil, but it had moved to the right a little bit. I'm like, oh, well, I must have missed it. Okay, well, take another scoop, and I kicked it out in front of me. And I got my detector, and it had only moved forward like two or three inches. And still, I didn't see no beer can laying there. I would have seen it. it was nice, black, powdery dirt. Um and so when I threw it out there, you know, it laid itself out it was nice and thin. Uh, I didn't see no beer cans, so I was like, what in the world? I don't see, what is this thing? So I grabbed my pinpointer, turned it on, and as I'm bending over, it's going off of my hand before I even got it to the ground. I'm like, what is going, what's going on here? It's something big, but I don't see it. And I'm, looking, and I'm basically staring right at this rock, this yellow-looking rock, And I leap, I pin the pointer right up to it and it just locks on. Whee! I'm like, whatever that is, is it? So I grabbed it, I picked it up, and it was so heavy, it fell out of my hands. I'm like, oh my God, that's a chunk of gold. Holy crap. (laughs) I I mean, my, I about fainted instantly. I'm like, what? What is, I feel like I was on a camera or something. Like, what is going on here? This cannot be happening. This isn't real.
0: Right, going, somebody's playing a prank on me.
2: Yeah, I'm like, what's <laughs> going on here? Grab the radio, the walkie talkie. Because Ron has said he's getting ready to leave and drive over to the next village to get his, the van clean. Uh,
0: come over here, Ron. <laughs>
2: Yeah, in the morning we fly out, so going to get the van clean. So uh, I get on the radio real quick, and I go, hey, Ron, are you still with an air shot? And he's like, yeah, I'm right here, you know, loud and clear, so he was close. I said, uh, in, in a shaky, I mean, I was starting to get a little mild form of shock.
0: Right. Um,
2: I said, hey, man, uh, I think you better get over here. And then he kind of comes back on the radio with a little giggle. He goes, "Why? Well, you got yellow? And I got back and I said, oh, yeah, <laughs> I got yellow, all right. And he goes, well, what is it? I said, I don't know. He goes, what do you mean you don't know? He goes, is it Roman? I go, I don't know. I don't
0: know. It's goes, big and it's heavy.
2: He goes, is it Celtic? I go, I don't know. He goes, what do you mean you don't know? Because all week long I was doing pretty good identifying my stuff. From my from Right. My so he's like,
0: students. "How do you not know?"
2: Yeah, he kind of stunned. He's like, "What do you mean you don't know?" And I go, "I, I don't know, dude. It looks like an egg." He goes, "An egg? <laughs> what do you mean by that? What are you talking about?" By that time, he's walking across the. He's halfway across the field with uh Mike.
0: Right. You've already um, got him hooked. He's got to know what's going on.
2: Yeah, I got you, Mike. I got, uh no um gypsy Mike uh, or idaho okay. Mike yep um and so the, the they're walking across the field ron's got his video going i got my video going and i i'm falling apart mentally because <laughs> you know i'm real. it's setting in it's a, it's, a, it's a giant chunk of gold but what the heck is it you know so he comes up and he says something, says something about a gold Easter or gold eggs for Easter or something like that. And he goes, "Where is it?" And I pointed at it. He goes, "Holy bleep, bleep, bleep!" He goes, "That's an ingot." <laughs> I go, oh, "Ingot?" He goes, "That's an ancient gold ingot." And he is, he runs, he bends over, and he's about ready to pick it up. And he goes, "Have you?" Whoa. He pulls his hand back and he goes, "Have you touched that yet?" I said, Yeah, I've touched it. He goes, No, have you picked it up? I said, Yeah, it's heavier than hell And he goes, as he picks it up, he goes, Oh my God, that, yeah, that's what that is. He goes, Tim, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 over, that's over an ounce of gold. And it turned out to be uh a tenth of a gram shy of being three ounces of gold. Ooh. Wow.
3: Yeah, nice. so it was uh,
2: half freaked out, so we did a bunch of, you know, uh, photos and all this other stuff, and, you know, and on those trips, they basically take treasure from you right away, so they can take it to Chris, and Chris can right. um, notify the the museum immediately.
0: Well, I'm glad you um, said something, because I was just going to say, some people are going to want to know what happened, you know, what's the process?
1: Automatically, the landowner owns half of the gold. Right.
2: Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh I I tell I mean this story this story is you know, this happened in twenty eighteen, October of twenty eighteen. It's 2022. This is happened five years ago. So this has been a long time coming. I've got slowly getting closure on it finally. Um so let me take a step back. So I find this ingot, we all flip out, we take some video, we take some photographs. Ron goes, hey, man, I got to go. I got an appointment to get that van clean. He goes, you know, congratulations. Good luck, man. Go find another one. I was like, yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> I had I had a glove in one direction, a glove in the other direction. My hat was behind me. My digging pouch is out in front of me. My shovel is over here. My machine, I, I'm telling you, I was a Right, because when you found me.
0: that, you just kind of lost it.
2: Oh, I did. I was in a spin. I was just, oh, I was, cause I was waiting for him to get, come across the field and I just couldn't stand still I was just fidgeting and it it was just laying on right. the ground I just couldn't stop staring at it And I didn't pick it up I just
0: <laughs> yeah just kind of like, danced around it <laughs>
2: yeah kind of freaked out a little bit and, <clears throat> so, uh, I finally get all my gear back on and <clears throat> him, him and Mike get back in the van I take three steps and I get a rock solid 19 I'm going oh Well, here's a button signal, but whatever. I'm digging it up. Whatever it is, it's right next to this gold ingot. So I take one scoop, and I kick the dirt out in front of me, and I can see it in midair flipping in slow motion. I can see this 14-gram ancient gold hoop flipping in the air, and it lands right on top of the black dirt. I was like, oh, my God. No way that just happened. No way that this is happening right now. I thought I was in a dream. Like, I felt like I was in a twilight
0: Right. Time just slows down.
2: Oh, it did. I'm telling you, I feel like I could count the flips in the air. I mean, like I guess I could see it. I was like, what is going on? So I get on the radio. I go, Ron, come back, come back, come back. He goes, did you find another one? I said, no, but it's yellow. And you see he comes back over and he goes, man, that's ring money. That's ancient ring money. So he goes, guys, just grab your textures. He gets on the radio. He goes, everyone in the group come over to X marks the spot. He named the place on the radio. Right. And um, everyone but a couple guys came over there, and we put a massive grid on that area for over an hour and virtually, no more. No, virtually nothing else. Wow. Was in that other than that one broken piece of hammered silver, the ancient gold ingot, and the gold hoop.
0: Cool. So, what uh, what happened with the gold ingot and all of that then? Okay,
2: so initially it was taken to the museum. It was declared treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, they took a long time, but they eventually sent me a letter um, saying it was going to be disclaimed, That means I was going to get it back, which I was stunned. I was like, what?
0: Wow! right yeah i mean that that does kind of floor a person because you see something like that and you're thinking there's no way i'm getting this back
2: yeah i think that's kind of a pretty big artifact i'm thinking wow so um uh, where is i at so they say they're going to disclaim it and then um i get another email said that a curator from another museum stopped by to visit. He's seen the ingot and is a specialist in uh, England, uh, ingots and uh, what is it, uh, British Romano history or something like that. Um, so he w- wished to take it back to his museum, analyze it and do a full report on it if you if they didn't mind. So I said, Yeah, go for it, you know. So they took it and um that that set it back another year, year and a half. And then out of the blue one day I got an email from the British Museum with four attachments in it and it was the description, all the um legitimate weights, measurements, um, photographs that are refer- they're gonna go on the PSA West um PAS website. Um Full, uh, full description of its possibilities. They, you know, they dated it between um, late Roman to early medieval. To me, that's like right there in the Saxon Viking period. Um, in my research, it looks like the Vikings' uh, monetary system was kind of based on bullion. So in my mind, it's really leaning to being a Viking gold ingot. Um, whether it is or not, you know. Who knows, but...
3: It yeah, sounds like somebody had a heck of a hole in their so wall. Cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, so once that report came out, then all of a sudden they said, you know, we are going to claim it. Now we Ooh. really do want... It. Okay, so now they changed their mind again. Um, um, but in the report, in like the beginning of the second paragraph, the first line said, this is the second largest gold ingot to be found in isolation in in um in England, wow, that's
0: wow,
3: cool.
0: congratulations!
2: Yeah, so having that be the second largest one ever found, no one knows what that's worth, you know, because the British Museum.
0: Yeah, I mean, how do you, you put a monetary value money. on it? Because I mean, you've you've got the the historical value, but. One of a kind. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's the it's second gold, largest but, known.
1: You know, can you can you date it that way? I mean, basically, yeah, the monetary value is we think it's this, and then the weight of the gold.
0: Right. Right.
2: Yeah, okay, because there's no defining marks. Like, there's no Roman numerals. There's no scratches. There are only... The evidence of human tampering on the very tip, there it looks like there's a shave mark, and I think that's why it's a tenth off of being three ounces exactly. Oh, and, yeah, but there's no uh, hack marks, there's no you know, jeweler's marks, nothing like oh. that. Well, wow. Um. So I get this. Now, what report, about the,
1: the the ring coin? The ring money. Yeah.
2: They disclaimed it.
1: Oh, they disclaimed that.
2: Actually, Mm -hmm. they actually had that. On my last trip, I was actually able to bring that one home.
1: Oh, that's cool that you got to bring that back.
2: Yeah, it's very cool. It fits my pink. Now, did they
1: pay you (laughs) and the farmer a 50 50 split on the ingot?
0: I think he's Uh, getting to that.
2: Oh. Yeah, yeah, so um, after they decided that they're going to keep it, they have to have an evaluation on it. They don't know what it's worth. They don't know what to offer us. So, they construct an evaluation committee which takes a year seems like. Um then they hold their annual meetings on these certain items and they eventually put a price tag on it for X amount of pounds and said that that's what you'll have to split with the landowner unless there's a previous agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so this comes as I was actually on my way to England for a, a, a week trip with my wife. And then the week following that, a buddy and I went from England to Frankfurt, Germany for a week of detecting. So, um, nice. yeah. So three weeks into my trip to Germany, I get a phone call from the guy who runs the tours in England. I said, "Hey, man, I was just over there by you guys." Um, he was, "Yeah, I just got back from the museum. I went down there picking up some treasures, and I ran into the guy who deals with exports or whatever." And he said, um, "When can we expect the payout on the ingot?" And he goes, "There won't be one." He goes, "The museum can't afford it, so they wow are quite they possibly could be." Disclaiming it, so it's not 100% disclaimed yet. But it sounds like they may, they quite might they might disclaim it still. So it's still up in the air. It's eight years ago. I, I'm I'm exhausted thinking about it. What happens happens at this point? With right. This. So um, this
0: this has been a long drawn out process.
2: Yeah, this is you know I'm gotta be getting close to setting the record here.
0: <laughs>
3: well,
1: that same type of occurrence is happening up in Scotland. On some of the finds, they'll they'll pay for some of it, and then the rest of the area that may be a large hoard. Yet there, they don't excavate it all; they leave it, and no one gets it. It's left in place, and that's happened a couple times. Yeah, well, because they don't have the money to pay the finders,
3: right?
2: Yeah, and that, Scotland's rules are a little different than the UK than England's are. I mean, I know Scotland's part of the U.K., but England and Scotland and Ireland, they all have their own different... Like, uh, I think uh, Scotland has what they call treasure trove, not, yep. not, not a portable, portable antiquity scheme. Sure, right. um, Ireland has something similar to that, treasure trove or something like that, I think. Um, and then exporting fines as a non-resident is an issue, I believe, in Scotland and Ireland. Yeah, so different
0: um, jurisdictional areas, different rules and yeah, regulations.
2: It's the UK, but they're different countries, so right they have their own they have their own rules.
0: Right, and it sounds like <clears throat> any of them. I mean, especially if it's a significant fine, like your ingot, it, it people have a. Uh, they better be in for the long haul because they've got quite a weight ahead of them.
2: Well, oh, yes. yeah, you better be patient. You know, I've heard, it. I've heard every story. And why didn't you just crack it or put it in your shoe or you know,
3: put no, that ring no. on your
2: finger? And I said, <laughs> I said, you guys realize I found out the metal detector, right? And they're like, well, of course. So you realize you go through about 10 metal detectors at the airport, right? This- <laughs> Good point. Uh, when I went
1: through customs on uh, yeah. the checkout in Britain the second time I was there, and they asked me what my what I was doing there, and I had yeah. told them I was yeah. metal detecting with a group. And Did you find anything? Yes, I did, but I, I, none of it's in my bags because you guys impose a pretty hefty fine. Yeah, it can be up to 50,000 pounds.
0: Mm-hmm. But they asked. Oh, yeah.
2: So on my last trip back so on this last trip, when I was over there, Ron was over there with a the group. I said, Hey, Ron, do me a favor. When you bump into Chris this week, grab my pouch from last fall. And I'm going to come, I'm going to drop into their barn one night, visit with you. We'll have a couple beers or whatever. And we'll take the train back to our, to our, uh, where we were staying. Um, I'll grab my pouch from, now. he goes, yeah, no problem. So he grabbed my pouch and luckily, you know, Chris does everything by the book and inside that, pla- that plastic Ziploc bag with my finds is a stack of paper,
3: yep. uh,
2: ex- export paperwork. Uh, every single find in the bag is photographed and uh, listed numerically on a grid sheet. Um, so I didn't want to try and take that into Germany and then back out of Germany. I, I was really afraid that I was going to cause raise some red flags, you know. So right, I had my I had my wife bring that bag back from the uk back to the u.s for me and she she actually and i've done it three times this is my fourth pouch going back this is only the first time that i wasn't carrying it but just so happens of course i asked her to take it back and they find it in her bag and they pull it out and they what is this so she's got you know you know, she was calm and cool. I told her if it happens, it ain't going to happen. But if it does happen, I said, just reach right in here, pull out this piece of paper right and here. And it Here's
0: happened.
2: The Here's the date. I showed her every, I pointed everything out on the piece of paper. Point this out, point this out, point this out, point this out. And if they have any questions, call me. I have all. I have the rest of the answers in my head. I said, this should not be an issue. Said, Honey, they're, they're not going to ask you about it. don't even worry about it. <laughs> Whoops.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's going. Thanks a lot.
2: You're yeah, gonna ask about it, all right? Sure.
0: <laughs> yep. And she, you probably didn't hear the end of that for a while. No,
2: I didn't. I didn't even, I, she didn't even bring it back up. No. Oh she, wow. She, no, she's a rock star. She loves it. I mean, she, she's 100 percent, 100 percent supportive of my hobby. Um, I had some pretty bad we will just say I had some bad habits, we'll say, at one point in my life. And mm. that's when I bought that Prism 4. And the day I bought that Prism for those habits went away that day. No rehab. That was my rehab.
3: The nice. only thing I
2: could, the only thing on my mind was finding coins at that point. Right. It, it just, it just it changed my life overnight. It did. I love this hobby. Yep.
0: That's the way it goes. We're either all in or not at all. <laughs> Uh, that is that is awesome though and i you did mention that you took video of this ingot and i'm sure for people that would be interested it's up on your youtube channel
2: um i do have a short you have to go back there a ways um but here's the thing it took ron almost as long as the british museum to produce his youtube video from that from that week it's about five years um but he (laughs) just recently put that video out about eh, i don't know four or five months ago and he i finally got to see the footage that he had um so i knew because he was filming i could see him filming coming across the the field
0: so they Um, may be able to find it quicker on his channel
2: you, that's the only place you'll find it right now. But I've talked oh. to Ron that night when I was at, I stopped at the barn to get my pouch. I said, man, thanks for putting that video out. I love it. I said, just so you know, I'm going to be stealing it off your channel. and posting it on mine.
3: <laughs> he, <goes, laughs> he,
2: he, he goes, you don't need to steal it. just send me an email. And I'll send you a, uh, a file. Right.
0: I'll yeah. send you
3: the file.
2: Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, cool. So I'm going to be posting it up there pretty soon. I've got to figure out how to get the file. I so, don't Oh,
0: so maybe we should tell people to just wait and they can see it on your channel.
2: (laughs) yeah, give me me some views. I mean, I've had my YouTube channel for like 14 years or something. You know, granted, I had a five-year null there in the middle, Um, but, you know, I've got not even 700 subscribers.
0: 699, I believe. Okay, so... Let's make him 700 tonight. There's got to be somebody in the chat that hasn't subscribed already. Go find his channel, hit the link in the description and subscribe and and check out the videos. I mean, if not for any other reason, go check out the video from the Alaska trip called Half a Million Dollars of Gold. <laughs> that, that, that was a that cool thought, video.
2: That video never would have happened if it wasn't for Chuck Smalley.
0: Well, yeah,
1: it's fun.
2: That was a blast. And you know that what we get a... to do there? We get to bring home
1: what we find.
2: Well, you know, I, well, we didn't do on our trip. We didn't do any poking around on his claim. We just got to wash the clean out. Remember?
1: Yep. I'm talking what you and I find individually. It comes home with us. We don't.
2: Right. <laughs> well, in Alaska, in general, yeah, right, 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 right.
1: Yep. But yeah, I uh, what what Steve was cleaning up that day was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, we didn't even
2: talk about what happened in Alaska in the first two hours that we
0: were down in the cut, did we? Yeah, no. see that that's why Steve calls it making Gold. What happened right. in the first two hours? So the first two hours, you know,
2: I've been waiting twenty five years to get to know 'em and it is finally happening. We're on quad. We're getting off the quads, we're unstrapping our gear, shoveling our scoops, our detectors are firing up, putting our headphones on, you're finally got the coil on the ground. You're you're detecting for gold. You know I'm on am- Amble Creek. I'm, I am in heaven. And you look around, you might see a couple guys on their knees digging a little some holes. You're like, oh, my God, they're already on the gold. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, even...
0: the pressure's on. They're getting ahead of me.
2: Oh, my God. oh they're, already they're already ahead of me. They're already ahead And people were digging up 22 shells and nails and hot rocks. And
3: yep. no one had
2: got the gold yet. And then all of a sudden, you hear a whooping holler. <clears throat> and then it's KG struck gold first. with the the new axiom i'm thinking oh boy here we go this axiom is going to be a player this week um it is a nice little nice little chunk and I, i was pretty close to him so i was actually one of the first people who get to hold it and i got to hold that little nugget and i was like man that thing is
3: beautiful
2: beautiful i said now this is what i'm here for this little nugget right here is such a beauty I would be right if, this, if I go home with something like this this week, I will be so pleased. This little so guy
0: has taunted me for years. I'm bringing one yeah. home.
2: It is so beautiful, and they're, they're like snowflakes. There ain't two of them alike, so right. Uh, three minutes goes by, and you know, well, like him and Tim did their little video thing for their you know, for their Axiom um, promotion stuff,
3: mm-hmm. and then um.
2: They split up. Tim goes back to where he was at. I go back to where I'm at. Everyone kind of disperses, leaves George alone. George is almost immediately back on his knees digging a hole. I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, he's on another one. And he's digging for about 25 minutes, and he's still digging. And he's still digging. And about 25 minutes hits, and I go, hey, George, you got another one or what? And he's like, I got something here, but I can't find it. I keep, it keeps moving around. It's, it's something small. I go, it's going to be a gold nugget, man. You got to find it. He goes, I can't find it. I said, you need one of them plastic spoons. He goes, I don't got one. I said, here I'll, I go. Brian, let me borrow that spoon. So I went over and grabbed that spoon from Brian and I went over and took the first scoop off the top of his dirt pile, and ran it over his coil and
3: went, woo, woo. Huh. And
2: I go, I go, well, whatever there it is. is, it's in this scoop right here. And I handed it, I tried handing it to him. He goes, no, just find it. I said, No, I mind it. No, man, it's your nugget. Find it. And he goes, No, he goes, I'm tired already. He's keeping been digging and digging and digging, and I digging up there in that <laughs> rock and laughing. You know, ain't, no, it ain't sand on the beach, man. It's rocks and boulders and everything in between. And um and I'm tired. So I went through that little spoon of dirt, you know, half and half, half and half and half and half, and I got it down to three little itty tiny. Pebbles and a little bit of dust in the spoon. I go, Well, whatever it is that's in here. I go, Here you go. He goes, No, just find it. So I just blew a little bit of air into the spoon. And right there in the bottom of the, at the very, very bottom of the spoon was this tiny little flat picker nugget. Wow. And I go, BAM. I go, There it is, dude. Piece of gold. He goes, Is it really? And then if you watch my video, you'll see George jump up and do this little dance. And that's Yep. I, soon as soon as he grabbed it, I grabbed my phone and started because I knew he was in a He George historically celebrates after a good find, so. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so I wanted to make sure I got that on film, so I got that, and um, then again, Tim comes over and they're doing their uh, action promotional stuff. They're shooting some videos, taking some pictures, and I'm like, oh man, I'm in the background. They're not going to want to see this equinox in the background. So I better get out of the way.
3: <laughs>
2: so, so I, I kind of, I skirt the, you know, the, sh, the video shot and, um, they do their thing and everyone again starts to disperse and George is kind of rambling a little bit. And I walk down this dozer track and I get this slamming 13 signal with a 13 in one direction and 11 in the other. So go 13, 11, 13, 11, 13, 11, 13, 11. I go, well, those are perfect gold numbers. So this could be my first piece, and I'm right in the same area as George. So I grabbed my pinpointer, I bent over, and, then I, and it just started screaming. I was like, well, whatever it is, is right here on the top. So I just grabbed a handful of rocks, and it went down to the ground, and it was gone. Put it in my hand, and we started screaming again. And I was like, well, whatever it is, it's in my hand. So I just put my hand over, and I opened my hand, palm facing up, and I had about five or six black, rocks and right in the center of the palm of my hand was this massive one ounce gold nugget that had torch sh- shot through it <laughs> right one on top of the ground
0: sword. just that easy
2: yeah zero i mean i literally just grabbed a handful of gravel and picked it up off the ground
0: wow uh,
2: you know, and that's my, my heart that's the way gone. it'll go you know you, you,
1: they that boulder field that you're yeah. in is a table. famine
2: well, yeah well they they flip it over the dozer it's just like plowing a field you, sometimes the good stuff deep sometimes it's right on the surface
1: I know when uh, Mike Doyle found his it was down it was down a ways and oh he he
3: had,
1: a did he I was down a couple hundred yards they were hollering at me so I hop on the bike get up there to him he said is this the real deal and he clunked that up on top of the tank of the bike and I looked at it, I picked it up, and I spit on it, and I rubbed until you get color on it because there was yeah. no color showing through. It was just a... Well,
2: Ron's, got, Ron's got the exact moment you're describing on film.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, and that, I tell you what, after watching that video, I was like, I have got to be a part of that. Oh, yeah. man. killing if, me.
1: I explained to Mike, I said, you don't know what you got. What do you mean? <laughs> I said, you've got... A really, once very rarely will I say this a once in a lifetime for the size of it. And I said, Buddy, you're looking at one major finding in your life like that. Yeah. And the man has found phenomenal things, and yes. um,
2: yeah, he has,
1: yeah. And, but and he's so methodical in his work, you don't even cross his line. But uh, he's got a line planned out. and if you get in the way, he lets you know it. <laughs> 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 loudly, very loudly. I did that. And uh, he um, he crossed mean, over he going to another know. spot. And he's going, what are you doing? I said, I'm going over there.
3: Oh, yeah. You are in
2: front of me, and that's not allowed. <laughs> he Boston, he's used to you know, telling people what he's thinking.
0: Yeah, you can you can hunt there. You can hunt there. You can even hunt over there, but you don't hunt here. <laughs> That's right. And uh, uh, man, that,
2: man, that week I, everyone got along great. I mean, that that man, that was. They so all got gold.
1: Just, we all had a good. Gold. There were some nice nuggets. I think yours was the biggest for that week. And uh, abs quarters. It was a great week, and we may have that opportunity again next year to be on some pretty fresh stuff. Hopefully,
2: you know. I, I heard the news uh, that came out shortly after we left about. About what my, what, I think I know what you might be talking about. So. Um, What's that? I think I might know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're, they're, so, they, they picked up while well, they bought
1: a. They yeah, bought I a mean we've we've mentioned it below. here on
0: the show a little bit.
1: They, yeah, they bought a adjoining piece of property or something. Yep, they bought that. But then they are cutting a deal with Alaska Gold Corporation too, which is down below the main camp, and it will run way down the all all the old original diggings, and okay. uh,
0: they'll be bulldozing that and turning See, it up for us to go on. You've already got him all excited. So,
2: i'm already on the list man
0: i'm
3: already, I've already that's right
1: some of that stuff and, and done okay and uh, but the thing about it it's overgrown so bad over the past few years and that particular piece of ground <laughs> was owned by the russians the big russian mining company that had come in bought up claims there they moved in and now it has defaulted back and they're no longer involved and it's Pretty much going to be Alaska Gold Corpse. I think they got it back and they don't want to work it, so they're going to cut a deal for us to be on it.
2: Nice. Lease it out to uh, Augie or something? Yep.
1: Yeah. Augie will have the lease rights on that.
2: Um, nice. Now, that, that's when you're coming down the hill. That's a piece of property on your right, right?
1: Yes. As you yeah. go way down the hill, you'll see one old loan. There's a building. Yeah. And a large dragline there, and that goes yeah. back. Dragline piece goes back to the 30s. 30s.
3: When did? When
2: refresh my memory now. When did the dredge? Uh, no, uh, Amble Creek. I don't. said they did it. Amble Creek got hit in the original rush in 1898.
1: 9798. Okay. That,
2: that was the first time. Then they must have did it again in the early 1900s. Oh, yeah. Then. Did it? Uh, they did it a lot. They stopped it.
1: In 1918, for war effort, they didn't want any mining done. They had to turn everything over to war
2: effort. Yeah, right.
1: Right. And then yeah, that, it got that, shut that, down that, again in the onset of World War II.
2: Mm-hmm. That kills me to think that that nugget that I found quite possibly could have went through the bowels of two different bucket mine dredges.
1: You never know.
3: And never a know. lot
1: of the older sluices broke down quite often... And they'd patch them up and keep running. They never picked up what broke, you know. And this thing's oh yeah flooding the area, and they got to shut the water down all the way up at the at the uh, dike line right. where they used to hold the water. Yeah,
0: yeah I used right. to know plenty of people that they've done very well just following, you know, basically the ore cart lines.
1: Yep, and that's where that narrow gauge train runs up. And I've worked where the train was being loaded.
3: Mm -hmm. and
1: done very well. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I had a week there I took home over seven ounces from detecting, and another week there that I took nine ounces home. And other weeks you get an ounce, or what I get last year, not even an ounce, hardly, the last time we went. It doesn't bother me. I'll go back and make up for it.
0: Right, yeah. (laughs) I mean, some trips are better than others.
1: Yep, and there's been other times where we were running the claim, and I took a pretty good share home. But that was a whole different ball game.
2: That one was a metal detector, right? Well, living in living in the Midwest, you learn some days you get the corn, some days you get the cob.
0: That's right. <laughs> Yeah, a great way to put it. Definitely, <laughs>
1: it is just uh, getting over your target and. You're the last form of discrimination. You better dig it just like you did with your ingot in England. I better yeah. go back and dig that.
0: Just like you Best did with
1: book. your golden egg.
0: That's right. Yeah.
2: Yep. Best discrimination is your eyeballs and your hands.
0: Yep. Yep. That's why we say you are the final discriminator. Yep. The I'll only way to, to know it. for sure is to dig it. Several
1: years ago, the group took home, of course, this includes Mike's nugget, but. Overall we took a value of about fifty grand home in a week.
2: Woo. Wow.
3: So that that was not bad.
2: Food.
1: Yep. Wow. It was a good time.
0: Not bad. So
1: you can have fantastic weeks and then some aren't all that great. It's just getting out there and weather and all kinds of things. COVID right. Hurt you.
2: Yeah, that could have been, luckily I skirted all that, and I didn't have to deal with any of that. And, uh, yeah, that could have really put a damper on things like it did for a few guys.
0: Or like Tim and his snowstorm, you know, hey, if I was back at home, my boss would be telling me what I had to get done by the end of the day, so I'm not seeing a downside.
1: And was it two years ago we were there, it was so rough, most of the dredges didn't even get a run out out on the Bering Sea.
3: Oh they yeah, went, down, left,
1: went home early. They they had a negative year except for the ones working the ground, like Steve was working. And, um, and
2: then this year we went up there and we had guys telling us they had never seen the uh, sea so calm in how many years. And yep, uh, yeah. it, was, it was. We had. What, what, what did uh, Augie say that one time? He goes. I don't know what you guys did, but the weather's not usually like that or like this here. You guys, you guys are getting pretty damn lucky.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. well, Nothing wrong with was that. The Arctic Circle that day in the vans, all the way up to Gold Run.
2: Yeah, yeah. and it was in it was the seventies. Man, I got some of the most beautiful pictures up there, man. And everywhere you looked was a postcard picture up there. It was just oh so well, awesome. yeah,
1: you are in the middle of the Sawtooth Range. That's just plain gorgeous.
2: Oh, I right. know it. Man. Mm-hmm.
1: So we were very fortunate. That's why I kind of picked that last week. Even the year before that, they'd had flooding rains up to the week we showed up. It rained the first morning we were there and quit. And nice. we were able to get out and find a lot of gold. So
0: Yeah, at least it broke for you the first day you showed up and you guys were able to get out there and you know hit it hard and make some nice finds.
2: Oh it was. It was nice. I think we were in t-shirts. A bunch of a couple guys were in t-shirts that first night.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: It was. I mean, it was nice all week long. I said, well, the one night I think we had a a shower for about three hours one afternoon where I did put my raincoat on and then I had to take it back off. Yep. And then we got lucky on the mosquitoes too. I think I had uh, about. I think I may walked into about four swarms that week. I was like, whoo, 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 whoo. Man, Any of you they're they're ever down.
1: heard, I've been there in the middle of July, and it was 70 degrees plus out. We were eight miles out of a main camp, and we had to go to the main camp. And by the time we left there, went to the main camp, went up over the pass and down toward the Bering Sea. It was snowing. Oh, oh wow. I know it. So, <laughs> and yeah. that lasted a day and a half of cold, wet weather, boom, cleared off, went back in the upper 60s.
3: Wow. Yeah, and then,
2: well, and what we just missed a, a tsunami, or was it a, what, what came in right after we left there, just destroyed Nome?
1: Oh, uh, they had that. Uh, typhoon? Or, typhoon. Uh,
3: yeah. yeah. And I've
1: been there during the typhoon where Mike Slater was video, videoing me up on one of the claims, not far from Snowflake, and I popped up a quarter-ounce nugget, 50-mile-an-hour winds, raining like crazy, folded the machine up and said, I'm going home. That was good enough. (laughs) Right. Chuck,
2: is is Wyatt Earp's uh, cabin right there by Snowflake? Or is is Snowflake Wyatt Earp's claim? Uh, No, no,
1: he would take, he was like a tour guide up there. You need to talk to Augie a little bit. He explains it very well is they would ride the narrow gauge up into that area, and then he'd bring friends and people that show up and that and show them around the area. And then his, the Dexter was his saloon down in... Um, Nome. Nome. And uh, he and his wife uh, really made a lot of money running the saloon and doing that kind of stuff more than some of the miners did. And they left there wealthy. They left there with a lot of money in their pocket. They bankrolled the rest of their lives and moved back to California, where he died, was in 1924? Uh, but he was a fixture up in Nome for quite
0: a few years. Sounds like a good video idea for Tim.
1: Yeah. Downtown, there's a marker where his bar stood.
2: Well, I'll have to have Augie or Chuck take me up there and show me where it's at, and I, I would definitely film that. That'd be cool.
3: Yep. Yeah,
0: there you go. Definitely. But scattered out
1: through those that tundra area down along there from Snowflake down are small claims that there's tailing piles all over the place they can't get to, and they'll never push them, and guys hunt them, and occasionally a good piece will come out of those. And I've hunted some of those with Mike, and we dug the top of one, and uh, we got some gold out of it with the detectors, but it wasn't uh, massive stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: When you say you dug the tops of them, how labor-intensive is that project? That's labor-intensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it's all labor-intensive in Alaska. Yeah,
2: but some of them boulders are pretty dang big.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I tell people that the blades are taller in my house.
0: Than they oh, are. yeah?
3: Yeah? Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. That and is definitely true. It was working...
1: Two years ago, he had made this cut and got down into an ancient stream bed that he had figured out its travel had been missed and did very well and was still doing well. And then he's sold out and retired now. So whether we get to see Steve next year and hang out with him and have some fun with the boys or not, that remains to be seen when he'll go back
0: up. Yeah, I was going to say, but is he really retired well, he keeps I spoke with him about
1: a month ago, and he's wanting to go back up, and he's got an idea on a particular area up there he wants to check out, so I don't think <laughs> he, he wants to and I've told him the date we're going, and he said he'll probably be there and wants me to hop with, in with him and take off and go check some places.
0: Nice. Well, and, hopefully it pans out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And before he opened up with that, where you got to see that clean out, that was a whole mountaintop there, Tim.
2: Well, I believe that you can kind of see, I can kind of see what you're saying, where he just basically just took a bite out of the side of the mountain.
1: Yes, he did. Right?
2: Yeah. Right. And was
1: following what he felt was a part of the original Am- Anvil Creek before it changed, and it. he hit pretty good down in there.
2: Well, you said we, when he, we were there that day, we're all ooh and ah and in shock, or in shock, and he's like, yeah, we're in a mediocre, mediocre
0: hole. <laughs> right, but, you know, we've, we've had, we've had just, Steve on the show.
1: Gnome. gnome has its own character base, and it's still a mining camp. It is... When you get to know them, don't expect a high-rise except the hospital on the other end of town. That's
3: it.
0: Right. And, yeah.
3: Yeah. and, my camp.
0: and we've had Steve on the show before and and discussed, you know, over the years, the amount of gold he's pulled out of Alaska. And I'm telling you what, you think a half million dollars in gold is kind of flabbergasting for folks to see on video to actually hear the stories of... If you tried to put a dollar figure to the amount of gold he's taken out of Alaska,
1: well, it'll yeah, floor that quote you.
0: to me was eighty million. Yeah, yeah.
2: Some of them stickers in that box alone would have been oh, just amazing to find.
0: I know it. Oh my right. lord!
2: Yeah, you could. We're in a we're in a mediocre hole.
0: Yeah, you could go <laughs> ahead and retire, and he's going. We're in a mediocre hole. They run twenty-three hours a day. Yeah, Shut
1: down I, a one I, hour, of lube, grease, get everything ready to go, fire back up, and keep going.
2: I run heavy equipment, man. I'd love to go do it, but I know it's expensive living up there.
0: Oh. It is. <laughs> and when you're running a big operation, it takes a lot of money.
2: Seven ninety-nine for a loaf of bread. Yep,
0: wow. that's what it. We
2: walked
3: so, in the free bull
1: yeah. stuff. And uh, I got involved with it back. Well, I blame it on Jill. It's all her fault. She took me gold panning in the Black Hills. She wanted to learn the gold pan. It all started it there.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so That's the way it and goes. we found gold. Yeah. Wasn't
1: a lot, but we found some.
0: Hey. Hey. But you found some.
1: Yep. That's your master support unit.
0: And actually Great. my
1: best. My best start was down on the Kenai Peninsula. I went down there and there was at that time a lot of recreational areas. I had a two inch dredge and I worked the bedrock cracks and I got into some and Jill's wedding band has this what? Well there's a eight nuggets mounted around her wedding band that I had found down on the Kenai.
0: Nice. Very cool. So very cool.
1: Yep. You know, I, while your guys are all going to England, I was digging gold.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I got into every level of it. I've dove in the Bering Sea, and I've run heavy equipment up there and worked with several people on their claims and partially mine on another one. And I got out of that part of it. That gets too expensive. It can. Oh, it oh, can. You if got I out at a good
3: me.
0: time, though. Yes, I did.
1: I, I, I cleared and made money on the deal pretty good, so yeah, it was a good time. Good. Old was skyrocketing.
0: Good Just time was... A
2: bit expensive. I mean, I can't imagine what it cost to get a D8 up there.
1: Uh, the, <laughs> right. Yeah,
2: and getting it there is is a
1: tough thing anyway, because you get it over to the Seattle and load them on a, on a barge,
2: yeah. and...
1: When it goes on that barge and leaves, there's no insurance. Oh, really? The only way you can insure a new one going up there is up through Lloyd's of London, and that ain't cheap.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> That's
0: crazy. Uh, Boy, I'll tell you yeah. what. <clears throat> normally, it, it's not real often we do this, but, man tim's just got such some good stories yeah. and everything we've we've definitely made a run of it we're going on two hours
2: oh my god <laughs> just just chit-chat man just chit chatting
0: right yep. like-minded individuals talking shop
2: that's right
1: that's good stuff tim
0: yes sir
2: yes keep me a- Keep me up to date on what's going on for
1: that. Well, we'll do the same as last year. Go up a day early, hang out in Anchorage, and then take an easy flight to Nome.
2: Oh, and also keep me up to date on what this fall when the crowds come out, that new field you're talking about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll do the same same thing here.
1: I'm kind of excited about getting down in there if they do get it cleared decent enough. It's pretty thick, and it makes it tough, and then I don't like wandering around in that low brush and willows and that kind of stuff, because there's Things there that can surprise you quickly. Right. 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 Yeah. We've been be, there yeah. last spring. Just to let you know, I, I tell people, don't mess around with the uh, muskox. Either one of the city officers, I think it was, or town officer, was trying to run a muskox out of his yard. and attacked and killed him.
2: Wow.
1: Wow.
0: That's unfortunate. Yes, it was. Mm. That's, Don't that's mess around with Mother Nature. No. Yeah, I mean you you have to have a a very good respect. Otherwise she'll put you in your place. That's right. Yeah,
2: so, so great.
1: <laughs> if Debbie yeah. would post it, there's a picture of me standing up on a bike in front of her with a muskox at about 40 yards or less. The gentleman behind me had his fifty caliber pistol pulled, and I had my forty four out, and we were waiting because he was squared off on us. And, and they're all saying, oh, isn't that neat? No, it's not neat. No, you know, it's no, not. We're bowling if he, yeah. pins. If yep. he, he's about to make a charge.
0: It's just like with the bears. When you're that close to them, you're too
3: close. Yes.
2: I was going down the hill to go prospect, and then one night after dinner, and I didn't realize it until, out of the corner of my eye, I seen one. So I stopped the bike, and as I kind of stood up on the pegs, I realized it's not just one. There's a dozen of them there, and they're uh-huh. looking. You know, I didn't see anything squaring up to me or anything like that. They were pretty, pretty mellow. I'm sure they were keeping an eye on me, but. I didn't stick around too long. I did get my camera out real quick and like, oh my god, look at them all! <laughs> so
3: they
2: look a quick little video and then phone lock on. I didn't want to
3: mm-hmm.
1: be a statistic, right? Just just give them a, a, a wide clearance wide and clearance. you're okay. Yeah. yeah, that's all you got to do,
0: right?
3: So,
1: all righty, Well, I'll get out of here. Well, Have a great you, night. Tim. Thanks for coming on, Tim. Good job, okay. Josh.
0: Yeah, sounds like he's got plenty of stories to share with us. We're going to have to have him back on again.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well,
0: maybe we'll have to
1: go make some stories. Yeah, let's do it. Well,
0: it sounds like you back guys have already we'll have got to that plan need to get in back the back work.
1: Over to England too. I got to get another one of those in. I kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Any I time I back. can Get a gold coin away from Ron Guanazo over there. He claims I (laughs) I stole his gold coin. Hey, he
0: wanted to stand around talking on the phone all afternoon.
1: Sitting on the ground talking on the phone. I went around down the line and he said, I would got that. No, you wanted to be talking on the phone.
0: Well,
2: I also also know a person, if anybody knows who Steve Hirschbach is, he has the same story about Ron doing that to him. Or is he called, he called Ron over for something, and Ron walked right like right towards him. He, Ron dug up a
0: stater right in front of him, he say,
2: "Hey, man." He's <laughs> like, "What?" He's like, "I would have got that." Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> so he didn't <laughs> turn about. Fair much. play. Yeah, that's,
2: that's,
0: I know him. So,
2: all right,
1: bye bye, all. Have a great night. Hey, Good thanks for the
0: call, Chuck. See you guys later. Well, hopefully uh, hopefully, people will go and check out your channel and see some of these videos that we've been talking about and some of the videos that are coming, the way it sounds, as well.
2: Yeah. I got some I'm working on. I, I actually have one from this winter that i really like to put out. I, I dug two of the oldest coins I've ever found in Northern Illinois Uh and it's really cold out. There's frost in the ground. But after I got them home, because I didn't know what they were, I knew they were old. They looked, they looked old. They looked thin. And it took me a few weeks to figure out what they were. And by the time I figured out what they were, I didn't have any. So I, I just got to make like a little wrap-up footage piece for it. And then,
3: uh-huh.
2: but I don't know how to go about that. I'm not that creative. Mm. so now I'll come up with something and uh, yeah I I do want to get that one posted because it's for me for around here that's pretty amazing
0: well and I know like for me I'm definitely just phenomenally intrigued with following this story about your your golden ingot you'll have to keep me posted on how that turns out
2: yeah I will do
3: will do
0: all right, well, hang in there with me, Tim, and we'll get on out of here. For everyone else, gotcha. obviously, that was Tim Digger on YouTube. Check him out. I do believe he's got, uh, I could be wrong, I want to say 699 subscribers. Um, if I'm wrong, well, sorry, but let's get him up <laughs> over 700, because I know some of you in the chat certainly have not subscribed to him, so... Go check him out. Check out the videos. It'll be a good time. And we certainly appreciate him for taking the time to be on with us tonight and for everyone hanging in there with us, because it's not real often we run a show this long, but those were some good stories. So hang in there with me, Tim, and I'll be back to you in a minute. For everyone else, eh, hey, I don't know what's coming up with the next couple of shows. Uh, it's it's a week of medical appointments and stuff like that, so who knows. Plus, uh, hey, happy anniversary to us. Tomorrow is Tam and I's 18th anniversary, so we gotta roll. Have a wonderful evening, folks. We're out of here.